Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Folks, rules are for losers, not for revolutionaries. Rules are for losers, not revolutionaries. We'll talk about that this morning. Welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show. YouTube, we're, we're there for the time being until they decide to take us down permanently. Whatever the case, no matter where you watch us or listen to the program, I'm glad that you do. The safest way is to download that podcast. Just search the Todd Huff Show wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might uh, might do that. Also, sign up for the email newsletter, which goes out today, which goes out today. Todd, excuse me, yeah, ToddHuffShow.com slash, uh, slash subscribe. So, I... There's something I want to get to today that I had been thinking about yesterday in the wake of President Trump's speech, and I still want to get to that. But I want to start this morning um, because as I was preparing yesterday, last night in particular, um, this really hadn't developed yet. But I want to start with what Bernie Sanders has decided that he's going to do. So we're going to talk about this COVID relief package, which – is packed full of goodies for, well, things that the Democrats and the radical left want to contribute money to. Or some would say, the cynic would say, to pay off, right, <laughs> to to help, for example, those, uh, those states that have been mismanaged for, for decades due to radical left ideologies and policies and so forth. In fact, there was a congressman from Arizona, uh, Congressman uh, Gosser, who actually said, let's strip everything else out of this bill. Now, this got knocked down in the House, by the way, before it passed the House and went to the Senate. Let's take everything out of this bill, except direct payments to the American people. And he actually made an amendment, or tried to, that said that the the payments to the American taxpayer would be $10,000 a person because that's what this bill comes out to. If you pay $10,000 per American citizen that would have received this stimulus or whatever we're calling this money nowadays, just a freebie from the government, um, whatever you would call that, that is the total cost of the bill when you look at all the other stuff that's in there. And by the way, it's a couple of percentage points for things like COVID and opening schools and so forth. And also, by the way, schools, as I understand it, haven't even used all the money in the previous COVID package. So this is one big game. This is one big, you know, shell game to basically do what politicians do, which is use their power to funnel money either directly to themselves down the road to their family, friends, supporters, and so forth. But anyway, this bill has passed the con- the, the House. 
And, and folks, there's nothing we can, <laughs> I don't like to say this to you, but there's nothing we can do about this. Elections have consequences. And for those folks who want to tell me that the, that the Democrat Party is not radically left, that it's a moderate party, that it's not run by extremists, and that when push comes to shove, when it is time to cast your ballot in the Democrat Party today, and I'm talking about the representatives in the House and presumably next the senators, when the time comes to cast your vote, I don't care what you go back and campaign on. I don't care – how moderate your district is, say Tim Ryan in Ohio, say Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania. I don't care about any of that because when when the line has been drawn in the sand and there are a couple exceptions and they ask for permission to do this, these Democrats of all shapes and sizes, of all ideolo- ideologies or whatever you want to say, these different differing groups of Democrats, they all coalesce around radicalism. This is what they do. There is no bill too large, no expense too great, no promise too grandiose. They do not think that the American people should uh, basically foot the bill for. There's nothing that government cannot do, and they, of course, are the ones who should be calling the shots in their deranged way of thinking. So the bill has passed the House of Representatives. Now it goes to the Senate. Now you'll remember – You'll remember we talked about this, uh, I guess, last week. Anyway, the parliamentarian in the Senate said you cannot have the minimum wage uh, increase in, in this bill. You cannot have that because it breaks the rules of budget reconciliation. Remember, that is the mechanism, that is the tool that they are using here to prevent having to go through the normal Senate processes, right? Remember, so there's a couple of things at play here. So they want to try to shove into legislation that does not follow the normal course of rules for the Senate, rules that they themselves agreed upon. They do not want to go through the normal course of things, and so they pass this legislation off, as I'm watching Chris Cuomo hold up, Q-tips or something on Fox News. That's a who knows what that's about. But anyway, they don't want to go through the normal process of legislating because they don't like that. They don't like they don't like to be held accountable to. I mean, when you're a revolutionary, you don't need some arcane rule in the Senate to prevent you from getting your mission accomplished. I mean, did Fidel Castro do this? This is this is for. This is for children, folks. Did did Joseph Stalin follow tactics like this? No, no, no. You can't have some arcane rule in the Senate, as they call it, some arcane rule in the Senate. By the way, the rule, the rule is referring to the Hyde Amendment, not the Hyde Amendment, the, I'm drawing a blank on the amendment now, but it was passed that the the rule was set in place by Robert Byrd, which, by the way, was literally a leader in the KKK, Democrat, Half of the state of West Virginia is named after this guy. Highways and buildings and all sorts of things. The Republican Party, supposedly the party of the KKK. That's another story altogether. Anyway, Robert Byrd Byrd came up with the the amendment that helped determine which things, which things qualified to be uh, passed by budget reconciliation. And it's not the Hyde Amendment. That's... um, that's something with um, Obamacare and 
and abortion, public funding for abortion. Anyway, so this process says you can't, you know, the, the parliamentarian rule that the rules say you can't do this. You can't include the minimum wage in this legislation. The House included it. So it passes the House with the majority of radical support led by Nancy Pelosi, and it has in it the, the minimum wage law. The minimum wage is going to increase to $15 an hour over the course of whatever it is, four or five years. Senate parliamentarian says you can't include that in the Senate bill, which means it can't be the bill that's passed by both houses of Congress and signed by President Joseph Biden because it doesn't follow the rules. But who needs rules? Radicals don't need rules. Radicals are revolutionaries. And so and so Bernie Sanders says he's going to vote for that bill anyway. And now I saw this morning they are now pushing um, Joseph Biden, President Biden here, to rule, to overrule the parliamentarian. What does this even mean? This is, Biden has nothing to do with the parliamentarian. That is the Senate. I hate to be the bearer of the bad news. Now, let me pause here and say rules have never stopped the radicals in the past. Rules do, do not stop Supreme Court justices from ruling on certain issues, from finding things in the Constitution that are not there, from telling us the things that are in the Constitution are not there. For example, your right to keep and bear arms. They can't find that, but yet they can find in that document somehow, some way, the right to marry someone of the same gender. They can find in that document some way the right to have an abortion, but they cannot find. They have, they have scoured that document high and low, and they cannot find anything in there that allows you, me, American citizens to keep and, and bear arms. They can't find that, but they can find these other things, right? It's the same rationale, the same reasoning that allows Justice Breyer, a radical leftist on the Supreme Court, to say things like citing foreign law is an acceptable practice by U.S. Supreme Court justices. Obviously, why not? I mean, if, again, rules are not for radicals. There's a book called Rules for Radicals, but the rules are all basically how to manipulate and to mislead people and to take advantage of circumstances and to use propaganda and to trick them and to fool them into following your radical nonsense is what it is. But they don't need regulations and rules. They don't need a parliamentarian. They are now in power. And I said yesterday on this program a version of what I'm about to, to read to you. This is posted on our social media pages. I said this, and this... Didn't even know this was going to happen when I said this. I said the radical left prefers to govern through one of two ways. Their first preference is having a court, ideally the Supreme Court, rule that their political position is constitutional or that their opponent's political position is unconstitutional. This prevents them from having to expend any political capital whatsoever through the difficult process of legislating a controversial political issue. Their second preference is to simply make decrees, edicts, and proclamations through the use of the pen, a referencing back to Obama's pen and cell phone comment back in 2000 and whenever that was. He didn't need Congress. He had his cell phone and a pen, he said. But they will make these decrees, edicts, and proclamations through the use of the pen and cell phone of the President of the United States. Problem is, neither is constitutional 
or even remotely acceptable. And it should not be remotely acceptable from a free people. Now, the parliamentarian's rulings is not, are not part of the Constitution. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. The Democrats, the radical left, violate the principles and precepts of this document on a regular basis. They're, the direction they want to take this nation is truly anti-constitutional. Okay, so there's, there's that in and of itself. The parliamentarian ruling is not as it pertains to the Constitution, but it is how it pertains to how these bodies, how these governing bodies have agreed their own rules, right? Their own rules and the way that they're supposed to do business. This is how that they've agreed to operate. And now they are calling by uh, Bernie just says, forget it. I'm just going to freaking sign this piece of legislation. I'm going to vote for it no matter what the parliamentarian says. What's she going to do about it? She's a she's a high-ranking staffer. That's how he refers to her. I'll maybe look at that quote here. In a, I think I saw that in an Epic Times article this morning. She's just a staffer. Who does she think she is dealing with the great and mighty Bernie Sanders? It's her ruling. It's it's her prerogative. It's her it's her job. If you remember, the parliamentarian was everything back here. In uh, on January sixth, the parliamentarian had to potentially be ready to intervene and prevent Mike Pence from rejecting electors or whatever. If I'm allowed to say it, YouTube and Facebook. I mentioned the word January sixth. I'm referencing election integrity. I'm referencing. The challenging of electors. Maybe I should be, uh, again, I just feel the obligation to you to, to self-report anything that might violate your silly little rules. But anyway, this concept of the parliamentarian, it mattered. It was life or death, you know, with, with what the, uh, with, with the, 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 the foundational uh, components of our represent, representative democracy, technically our constitutional republic, but the, the very our very nation was hanging in the balance as to whether or not the parliamentarian would make sure that the rules were followed. Now, parliamentarian is just some staffer, says Bernie Sanders, some, some staffer. Who does she think she is telling us what to do? We're going to put the minimum wage in here. And if not, we'll have Biden overrule it. How in the world is Biden supposed to overrule it? Now, I'm not saying that they won't find a way to do this, but that they will not find a way to do this in accordance with their rules and the role of government and in the Constitution. They're not going to find that. But then again, as I've said before, when has that ever stopped them? When has that ever stopped them, folks? This is what happens when we elect the crazies and the radicals. This is what happens. And Oz was saying before the show, and she's exactly right, people freaked out about President Trump. Trump is a totalitarian. He's not. He's just a danger to our democracy, our society, and all this stuff. But yet they're the ones that take these actions, not President Trump. President Trump didn't take these sorts of actions. They do, though. And where's the media? The media is probably out there explaining why Bernie Sanders is correct, why Joseph R. Biden really should overrule the parliamentarian. I'm sure they'll find something in some, you know, piece of legislation from 1825 or some letter written that they can interpret to mean that Biden has this absolute power and they suddenly they didn't know it existed until now. Anyway, this is what it looks like to live. I'm telling this is 
we're in banana public days. We are. This is this is what happens when none of those things matter. When they are so driven by their ideology and the results of reaching that utopian, that utopian society that's out there. Because if they just could implement their ide- ideology, we all would be better off. Life as we know it would just be perfect. They can usher that in. The only thing standing between that. That reality and us now today is, well, I guess this minimum wage being tacked into the to the COVID relief bill. Some parliamentarian, she better get ready, by the way. She better get ready because they're about to probably go after her on, on social media and try to dox her and so forth. But these are the tactics of the radical left today. Quick timeout is in order. Come back, continue our discussion. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to America's Reality Czar here at the Todd Huff Show. By the way, this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Edwards Equipment. Folks, they sell, rent, um, and service several makes and models of light, weight, residential, or heavy-duty commercial equipment. EdwardsTractor.com in Danville. Central Indiana, just in Danville, just a little bit west of Indianapolis. EdwardsTractor.com for more information or call them 7, 317-745-6427, 317-745-6427, EdwardsTractor.com. So let's get here into uh, the, the two approaches here for, for dealing with this, I guess, uh, parliamentarian. The first is... The first is Biden, or excuse me, Sanders' plan, Bernie's plan, the nutty professor out there. He's calling to just defy the parliamentarian. Just, I'm going to vote for the bill that the House sent over. And what's the parliamentarian going to do about this? What's the parliamentarian going to do about this? Just some low level staffer that has no business telling us what to do. Here's what, here's what Bernie says. Right, Bernie, who's a socialist, right, a de- democratic. He's a democratic socialist. He believes that he should only be able to take things that belong to you if the majority of the people tell him that he can. Other than that, you don't own anything, and you better watch it because if a majority of people say that Bernie Sanders can take it for the public good or for whatever Bernie thinks it should be used for, then it's fair game. That is democratic socialism. Uh, wrapped up in a nice, neat little package there. But anyway, he says this. He says, my personal view is that the idea that we have a Senate staffer, a high-ranking staffer, deciding whether 30 million Americans get a pay raise or not is nonsensical. We have got to make that decision, not a staffer who's unelected. So my own view is that we should ignore the <laughs> ignore the rulings. Ignore the rulings. The decision of the parliamentarian. It's just such a fascinating, just to take a half a step back here and look at this. This is exactly what they accused President Trump of doing, uh, what he was going to do after he lost the election. Basically say, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to stay in the White House. 
I'm going to stay in the White House. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to go about my business, and I'm not leaving here. I'm going to continue to be America's president. I'm going to declare myself to be that, and there you go. Nothing you can do about it. And they freaked out, and they panicked, and they were breathlessly making all these accusations and just couldn't contain their paranoia. But they literally do the same thing. Now, it's not the same exact – I mean, it is a very similar thing. There are rules, there are laws, there are there's the Constitution, and the whole point, folks, we are a nation built upon upon laws. Now, I will say this: they have they have invested so much in undermining or challenging this nation, basically making people think that every law that's ever been written is due to racism. In fact, I saw some doofus on. MSNBC, um, which I was planning to get to, but I wasn't planning on talking about this this long, but uh, she was on an MSNBC interview saying, basically, if, if you hate big government, if you don't like big government, if you find yourself standing in the way of big government, this is my paraphrase, but it's pretty accurate, as it always is, as you well know. But it's, it's, um, she, she said that that's racist, Opposing big government, or she didn't use the words big government, but but basically opposing government programs is because you're racist, because government programs help apparently just minorities. I the the thinking here is it's not thinking; it's emotion is what it is. It's emotion, and again, I'm telling you what: if you can just if if the average person could come to grips with this truth that liberalism is truly an emotion. That's what it is. It's like saying, ooh, I don't like that. That's terrible. Government fix it. That is it. That is the degree to which it has been thought thought about. That is that is as far as it goes. Now, they will then take some some people that are called doctor this or, you know, somebody who's got some advanced degree in that, some radical leftist think tank, and they'll come up with all this sort of, you know, flowing well, it's, it's never it never makes sense, but there, there's reports or all this explanation as to why what they're really trying to do makes so much sense for America and so forth. Of course, it violates common sense and logic on a regular basis. But Bernie's here basically criticizing. Here's a guy. Look, a guy that says he's a, he's a socialist. We all we all should be completely equal. Bernie says effectively. Now he's got multiple houses. Now he's apparently exempt because he's in the ruling class, but everybody's the same, But except for this, this staffer. He's not going to allow some staffer to tell the Senate what to do. Well, I got news for Bernie Sanders. Bernie, you can still pass the minimum wage law. No one is stopping you from doing this. Well, someone is in the, in the Senate because by your Senate's rules, because of the filibuster, you're going to need 60 votes to do that. You don't like that. You don't like rules. You don't like things that you agreed to, that your party agreed to. This is what happens. The rules are pretty straightforward and simple. There's no way in the um, by the rules that the minimum wage should be included in this. Absolutely not any reason at all. If you want it to be the law of the land, then pass the process that your Senate leaders, led by Chuck Schumer, agreed to. You act as though this parliamentarian is not allowing you to pass a minimum wage law. 
parliamentarian's not saying that. The parliamentarian saying that in order for something to not go through the normal rules of the Senate, it must meet certain requirements to, to go through this budget reconciliation process, and this does not meet it. Bernie, he knows that, but he doesn't care. The left doesn't care. The media, they don't care either. On top of that, we've got another group. Progressive Democrats call for Biden to overrule. I, I referenced this earlier. Senate parliamentarian on minimum wage, a group of, well, this is on, this is Yahoo Money, 23 prominent, prominent, what do they mean? Prominent Democratic representatives, including Rashida Tlaib, Elon Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ro Khanna. Folks, these are the radical of the radical representatives. These are the folks that hate America at its core. These are the folks that I'm telling you, you want to know the true danger and threat to American society, to our system of government. It's these four and whoever the other 19 are. But they're the ones that they wrote this letter to Biden asking Biden to overrule the Senate parliamentarian's decision. This is what their letter said in part. 81 million cast their ballots to elect you on a platform that called for a $15 minimum wage. We urge you to keep that promise and maintain the $15 minimum wage provision in the American Rescue Plan. The outdated the bird rule, that's what it's called, the outdated and complex bird rule. Again, I wish we'd spend more time talking about this. Shouldn't the real debate here be on whether or not we allow this rule to still be called the bird rule, named after a former leader of the KKK? Wouldn't that be consistent with everything else we've been seeing in American society? Heck, we have school boards that are not allowing schools to be named after Abraham Lincoln because he wasn't apparently woke enough. The bird rule. How perfect is it that the bird rule is the rule that's preventing these jokers at the time, at this current time, from putting in the legislation the minimum wage law? Anyway, the outdated and complex bird rule rooted in restricting progress. Oh my gosh, this is in the stupid letter. Must not be an impediment to improving people's lives. You have the authority to deliver a raise for millions of Americans. Um, seems to me that the, the, what, the place that that needs to be addressed is the U.S. Senate. And there is still a mechanism by which the Senate can do this. They don't have the votes for it. And Joe Manchin's out there saying he will never support the, removing the filibuster. But folks, do not put this past them, and I'm long in this segment, but do not put it past them to pull this off somehow. As I said yesterday, they prefer, they prefer to, to legislate through the courts. They prefer to legislate through executive order. See what happens? This is a perfect case study. Things don't go their way with the rules, the clearly defined rules in the Senate. Things don't go their way. What do they do? They ask for Biden to arbitrarily do something that I would contend is not even remotely in the guy's power to do. Elections have consequences, and, and the way that the Senate operates has consequences. If you want to pass the minimum wage, increase the minimum wage, which I think is a terrible idea, which sounds terrible to those of you that don't understand the, you know, what, I, what I mean by that. I love for people to make more. I'm just actually rooted here in reality, not in some wishful thinking, not in creating laws that have unintended consequences, which will eliminate jobs, by the way. Even the CBO has said that. Anyway. Quick break is in order, but don't put it past him to pull this off. 
the one thing you can definitely count on is that following the rules is nowhere near, nowhere near anywhere in the top of their thinking. That is not their primary focus. And I've got to take a break back here in just a minute. Folks, this is how the left operates. This is how they legislate. This is how they behave. Trump was not the threat to the society, to our culture, to our nation. In fact, they are the ones. They are the ones who are the threat to this great nation. In fact, I want to share a couple of quick thoughts here. Um, In the wake of Trump's speech this weekend, CPAC, I was just thinking about the various responses to Trump's speech, um, factoring in the attempts that, I don't know, the GOP establishment um, is making to either keep or regain control of the party, depending upon your perspective. And I just I was just thinking about this, and, and I th- – the Republican Party plays a role in allowing this stuff to happen. The party plays a role in allowing this stuff to happen. And and the reason is the people that are running the party, the Republican Party, the GOP, and this is often the case, not always in the era of Trump, but generally speaking, this is still often the case. They are obsessed with being liked. Political party type folks are are, are obsessed with being liked. They they believe that politics is a gentleman's game. They view it as some sort of a kind of a highly unnatural game, one where you must be tolerant, patient, understanding, um, and and those things uh, somehow win. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be patient, you shouldn't be understanding. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not saying you shouldn't be tolerant, but I am saying at some point you have to lead. You have to be willing to understand that the people who are in the media, the people who are on the other side, the people who run the Democrat Party are not interested in those things. They're interested in using those things against you. I'll say that again. The people on the other side are not interested in tolerance. They're not interested in patience. They're not interested in understanding. What they're interested in is winning. Now, they have this belief that the radical left does, that uh, the ends justify the means. I don't have – I mean how you behave certainly matters. And this is a great point, this example with Bernie Sanders and these other radicals basically saying, let's just ignore or overrule the parliamentarian. Let's ignore our own rules. Let that sink in. Let's ignore our own rules, folks. Rules for thee and not for me. This is exactly, this is exactly what, this, what this means. But the one who achieves political power that that's the one who wins right we we see that we see that democrats won the election whatever you have to say about that they're in power right now and they're the ones that have that that power there's not some sort of a consolation prize for being nice about it and smiling and applauding that they won and congratulating them folks what they want to do to this nation is is a terrible thing in my estimation I don't, we don't have to attack them personally and you know, do things that are not acceptable in the eyes of God or anything like that, but we need to fight. 
And the people leading the Republican Party oftentimes do not have this mentality. And well, we just lost. Let's go along. We sit here and be, I think Rush said, we'll be, uh, keep our dignity as we lose or some such thing. Basically be be dignified in our losing as though there's something. I'm not saying, I'm not saying to not be gracious or anything like that. I'm saying you still have a job to fight. You still have a job to articulate and explain things. I've got more to say about that, but the clock tells me it's time to take a timeout. So we'll do that after the break. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, this program brought to you in part by our part in part by our friends at Killadent. I tell you, I enjoyed meeting the guys at Killadent. They came and actually removed a couple of dents from my vehicle, which maybe one day I'll explain how those got there. But anyway, KillaDentRemoval.com, 317-480-9433, Paintless Dent Removal, PDR, as they call it. Killadent Removal, great guys. And I appreciate Sid and the team there uh, being a part of this program, KillaDentRemoval.com. So... Really quickly, um, continuing this this kind of thought on on the Republican Party, the weak leadership that we have in in general. And this, of course, does not pertain to Trump. And there's examples of uh, exceptions to the rule, I guess I'm saying. But but we we fall victim to the tactics and the we're playing a different game than than the left is. We're playing the leaders in the Republican Party play by a different set of rules. And I'm not saying we should violate our values or our consciences. Or our integrity, but I am saying that we can't be afraid to fight. There's a difference between losing your principles and being a doormat for the opposition. There's a difference between being tolerant of alternative perspectives and being afraid to speak truth. Those things are different. There's a difference between being polite and being completely weak and ineffective. But I think the party has often conflated these things. Trump did not. If anything, if anything, if we look at this as lines on both sides, you know, there, there's a boundary line on both both sides. One says you're too polite. One says you've maybe gotten a little bit too wild and crazy. <laughs> if anything, and I'm not saying he did, but if if if, the, if Trump crossed the line, it was the other direction. It wasn't by it wasn't by being too nice or meek or you know hands in our lap, sitting and watching Democrats ruin this great nation. But anyway. Um, Geo, the GOP leadership is has basically, in my estimation, allowed this stuff to fester and become a problem. And if you think about politics as fighting for the middle ground, the left says, "Fine, we'll just move. We'll move the middle ground further to the left by us simply moving to the left." And Republicans, we're sitting here because of the leaders in the Republican Party. I'm not talking about our politicians necessarily. I'm talking about those who are the decision makers in the Republican Party. And they're actually pulled oftentimes. So the Republican Party has shifted left, at least the establishment part over time, from conservatism, from conservative principles. And then what ends up happening is, because there's not a big enough separation between the radical nonsense that we hear from some of the establishment Republicans, it actually ends up 
it ends up giving some sort of credibility because we've moved off the mark too, the, the party as a whole. And we're, we're closer to lunacy than we were, not that we're as close as the Democrats are, but by accepting some of their nonsense. For example, the minimum wage. Lindsey Graham, for example, isn't on board with the $15 an hour minimum wage, but he's on board with the Waffle House plan, whatever the world that's supposed to mean. Anyway, I think the point here is to say that the Republican leadership bears some responsibility here too because we have not exposed this nonsense. We haven't stood firmly enough to truly isolate these people in the sense of being you know, way outside the realm of reality, way outside the realm of where the average American actually resides. But when the power and the uh, allure of the Democrat uh, of, of fitting in pulls you off your principles, moves you in that direction, it actually gives some degree of, um, I don't know, credibility. In a, in a weird sense, some degree of credibility because we've moved towards it. Instead of saying, this is ridiculous, this is absurd, and these are the folks writing the letters, and these are the folks calling the shots, and these are the folks pressuring Biden or saying they're going to simply overrule overrule the parliamentarian. And that's all I can say because I'm out of time here. Um, we got to wrap up. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I got, you know, this... this it's just interesting to watch all this unfold. Just, I mean, you can see the Democrats expose themselves for who they are. You can see the consequences of the Republican Party heading in a direction for those that want to take it in a direction different from Trump. As we kind of talked about last last segment briefly, just this idea that, um, you know, being being weak, being the way that Republicans have been over time is somehow going to be a, a good thing. I mean, we can see the consequences of that. We've got this Joe Manchin factor, which we didn't even get into today, but he's in there in the Senate saying he's not going to vote down the line for this bill. We've got Democrats upset at him. There's pressure for the filibuster. I mean, this, this is just an interesting political situation to to witness, but it's also one that is terrifying at the same time because they still have the reins of power. And I've got to wrap up. Guys, as always, appreciate you listening. Newsletter goes out today. Subscribe, toddfshow.com slash subscribe. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.